Everybody, welcome back to Rome is home. Hey, Joey. Geneviève, here we are again. Yes. Oh, man, it's been such a depressing week, weather-wise. Right. So in, I guess, our experience so far of Rome, Italy life, is that November is pretty rainy. <laughs> so far, my goodness. Yeah. It barely rained in September, in October, and mm. here we are. I think it's been maybe two weeks of rain most days on and off like it's it's heavy sometimes not too heavy sometimes rome is i find rome is even more sporadic it'll just come down super heavy stop and from my my understanding and maybe you know better i think this is just going to be winter here right it's someone mentioned that yeah. i was talking to someone who's from new york and she was saying that yeah winters are like or like new york fall where it's you know raining and kind of cold and gray well, i guess i guess we'll see but yeah so far it's been really raining every morning that it wasn't raining i made a point to go to the park with the girls because otherwise we just all go crazy in the house that is the big challenge here right but i mean that's like i guess that's anywhere i'm, oh, trying, for sure. I'm trying to remember, yes. remember our life in in delhi i suppose we if even in winter and stuff We always went outside, but I mean... Our house was bigger too, though. Our house was bigger. Yeah, our apartment's pretty pretty tiny. It's comfy. It's cozy. And our kids were babies. Now right. they're, they're getting bigger. They're running around. They have a lot of energy. It's a different life for sure. It's doable. It's fun. The Lord is good for us, but... There are, yeah, I mean... There it, are some challenges. Every now and then, right? It can't, it can't be all fun and games, so... Let's, let's before, because uh, one thing I wanted to spend this episode on this part is talking about uh, my experience at Angelicum so far. Again, I've only been there for, well, it's coming up to a month and a half. So I just give a, a few insights. But maybe before that, let's, let's talk about our day today. Today was a good day. Today was, I mean, it's raining now in the evening, but otherwise during the day was very sunny. And we went to mass early this morning at 8 And right after we went to Rome. Yes. So we've been, and we keep an eye out for festivals and stuff. Like a few episodes back, we mentioned how we went to a Japanese festival. That was very nice. Uh, but so there was another festival, and this was a Roman food festival. Right. Typical sort of. Roman food. Typical Roman food. Uh, so we are thinking, we, I mean, we make our own uh, Roman-esque food. So, you know, cacio e pepe, carbonara at home. But we're like... We need to try some sort of... Like the real deal. The real deal. So mm -hmm. we have like a frame of mind. I, it's, it'd be kind of silly. And I was kind of mentioning to Geneviève during the day that it would be silly for us, you know, going to Texas, for example, and not having Tex-Mex and only having in our minds our... Like the Lone Star Grill. Our little, <laughs> a little Lone Star Grill in uh, Ontario, Canada as sort of the understanding of what... Uh, authentic Tex-Mex is, right? Or even like, uh, you know, Ontario uh, barbecue, right? Remember that authentic Texas? Yeah, we went to Texas, this Texas barbecue, quote-unquote, right. and it, it was it, not it, it Texan. Wasn't. So <laughs> you, we'd have to be crazy not to have tried, you know, Roman staples here. So 
uh, it was it was it's always good. I mean, the train rides in are always about forty minutes, so kids are actually somewhat okay for most of the trip. Like yes, <laughs> going there usually Monica and Teresa they. We 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 sit on a four seater area and yeah. and we block off the girls so they can't run away into the aisles and stuff. And they just they, they just walk around, hop on the bench, hop off, look outside. So it's it's never really that painful. No, no. And uh, looking outside is always beautiful. You know, on on one side you have beautiful hills and farmlands and animals, and on the other side you have water for a while. So it's very very. And it's nice. always we went. And we stop off at uh, the station Roma Trastevere, and I always, I always do like the the stop at Roma San Pietro where you're coming in from Santa Maranella. Yeah. You just you like, and it was we were my first time I was there. My friend, I I, I hadn't taken the train in at all. This was my first time going into Rome, and he and we went to the station. He's like, oh, and by the way, there's the basilica. I was like, what? You know, it just appears. On the side of your window, and I guess for most Romans, it's like, well, we see this all the time. But for me, it's like, oh my gosh, it's right there. Um, it's pretty crazy. Well, Teresa saw it. She's like, oh, look, Jesus. That's right. It's, <laughs> I love that she can recognize, you know, churches. So we went. So we went to the. It was. It was close to Roma Trastevere station. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, we we haven't gone to the the full. The, I guess the center of Trastevere, which is. It, it's a very popular touristy area. It's just across the Tiber and. Kind of near the the central historical area. We haven't gone there yet. We'll go there. So we we kind of passed through the area. But uh, yeah, the festival was. Um, it, it, I mean, there wasn't. It wasn't too too big or anything. Just like the Japanese festival, I had in my mind for some reason there was gonna be like stalls everywhere. But Japanese festival, I expected it because it wasn't uh, in Rome. It wasn't Civita Vecchia. This food festival, Roman food festival, I thought it would be bigger, and it was right. very small. It yeah. was. Arguably, almost as small as the Japanese festival. Yes, and and we were there pretty early. So, I mean, we were there were a few things, pluses and minuses, that we were expecting, and we'll kind of mention it. But where did we go first? Maybe you can tell them our first little so, meal. Yeah, our first stop, we bought supli. It's um, it's a deep fried rice ball mixed with tomato sauce and a bit of mozzarella in the center. So we had regular supli and cacio e pepe supli, and with that she 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 tried to sell a A bit of her food right it was was good for her to do that so absolutely so we also bought a deep fried artichoke it's an artichoke the way the jews eat it i don't know that's how it's called artichoke the jew way i don't know okay that's a very rough translation and also she's like oh do you want to try the tripes they're a very roman classic dish like okay let's try it so we started off with that Supli were very delicious. Supli was probably number one, I think, for right. both of us. The regular one, not the cacio pepe one. Cacio pepe one was a it little was bit bland. plain. Yeah, it was, it was it's more like a bechamel rice ball yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but the regular supli, very delicious. It was our first time trying it. Good. I was and happy with it. Yes, the artichoke was good, too. It was... Artichoke was interesting. I, I, I don't think I've ever... I mean, I've had artichoke dip, so I... I don't know if I've ever tried just artichoke. Yeah, I, um, I did a little bit. It, it, it was fine. I mean, it's a deep fried something. It's always going to be good. It was good. So, and I, wasn't your favorite the tripe? Oh my goodness, y'all. <laughs> the texture is so weird. You, I, I, I hate textures. Like I'm very particular about textures and I just couldn't. It's so rubbery. And even the taste was not... It, it was it was off for me. It was just off. <laughs> it was very, you know, it's it's that typical 
you know, what we hear about Italian cuisine, very simple. I mean, it was tripe. It was in a tomato sauce, maybe lightly seasoned tomato sauce with ah, some sh- fresh cheese shredded on I top. I think it was Parmesan. Probably some Parmesan yeah. or something. But, uh, you know, in, in Polish cuisine, like, my parents would have tripe every now and then. And as a kid, I, I don't think I ever tried it. So for me, it might have even been my first time actually having it. I wasn't like afraid of it, so I really dived into it. And you yeah, ate I, it all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too moved by it. I don't see myself like, oh, I gotta have this. But it was. It was nice to try, sort of a nice assortment of uh, of Italian cuisine. So, and then afterwards, uh, well, the girls were starting to be a bit crazy, so we let them roam around. And as they were walking, I ordered some carbonara. It wasn't spaghetti alla carbonara. It was another type of pasta. I forget how it's called. It was much thicker. Yes. And smaller pieces. And my f- initial thoughts were that, I don't know, it was very salty, but it was very creamy. Like, they made a lot of, like, creamy sauce. When I make carbonara, it's a bit drier. Yeah. And, I, I mean, from the stuff that I've seen around Rome and stuff, pictures of it, it... I'm worried we actually haven't really tried it yet. So it's not, I don't think it's like just because we had these few things here. Yeah. My experience from it's like we still, we still need to go to like a restaurant and maybe right. sit down because, and again, I'm not sure if other vendors came later in the day or anything like that too. We didn't actually get to try Cacio Pepe, which was unfortunate because they we really, we really wanted to see is it as sheepy as the way we make it <laughs> or are we just, our cheese is just extremely sheepy. We didn't get to try that. We didn't get to actually try anything sweet. Uh, the one place that we wanted to go to, Viva had an interesting discussion there. Um, he was speaking the Roman dialect, which is, you don't understand anything. He, he wasn't pronouncing words properly, so I didn't understand everything that he was saying. But basically, he said, yeah, it's not ready yet. And we're they were making like cheesecake first. Like, once we're done with this, then we'll make the tiramisu. So it's going to be another 20 minutes. I'm like, ah, okay. So over... And ah, and also, I, we didn't get any porchetta. I know, they didn't have porchetta. That yeah. was like the one thing and we were just like super jacked up about. It's just, we've been kind of dodged. We've, we've tried cold porchetta at like our grocery store, but I wanted just a fresh slice from a... No, no go. Maybe next week at the market. I might Maybe. have courage. No pressure. No, no pressure. No promise. No promise. We shall we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, and before we, um, before we go, so we we finished up. So we didn't get any sweets. So it was good. But overall, I thought it was fine. Um, I still think we need to go back and try a, another restaurant just yes. to just get a better sense of the food. I think so too. But we also, where did we stop off just before we got to the train? Because little, we wanted something sweet. It just felt it? like we needed something sweet. And on our way back to the train. There was a McDonald's. I'm like, you know what? Let's try some of their sweet stuff. And it was actually really good. It was really good. So we even we even bought a little breakfast sandwich just to taste. It was very cheap. It was like two euros or something. I think it was even less, but it was it was it was it was so good. It was better than an egg McMuffin. It was just like it's called Mc Toast. So it was right. a piece of toast with some kind of ham and some kind of cheese. But it was so good. Yeah, and you normally don't care for Egg McMuffins at all. You don't no. like the ham. You don't like the combo. I, and the cheese, like Egg McMuffin, the cheese is like processed cheese. Is it? Can we even call it cheese? I don't know. But this one, it, it tasted real. It tastes like real. It tasted like a sandwich you get in France by, all right. uh, with the street vendor. It was so legit tasting. Oh, my goodness. And we had a um, croissant, uh, which they call cornetto, and a donut. Donut, which and, was... Which was delicious. It was just simple and good. Right. And uh, cafe. Uh, two espressos. Two espressos to go. 
Oh my goodness, it was so good. And all of that, five euros. Five euro. It was a nice little, a nice little wrap. So overall, a good, good little Sunday. You know, we didn't have our, our typical. I made brownies today. I mean, we got to have a little bit of a small feast. But that was, I guess, our Sunday feast was, was a it little. Was our, absolutely. It was a little romantic. Okay, so. And it was a, just a nice bow on this week. It was a very stressful, busy week because I was working a lot. But now two of my contracts are done and I start a next one on Tuesday. Tuesday so, so I have a little break for now. You know, I'll be home tomorrow too. So I'll be, we'll just tackle uh, some cleaning. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got to clean up our little apartment. Yes. Okay. So quick, quick overview of Angelica. So a month and a half in, I would say, I, I think for me, and again, I speak from myself and even just like, I've learned a lot about myself even in this month and a half, but I would say overall, I mean, the, because I guess a lot of people, maybe someone's listening and thinking, well, you know, why go to Angelica more? Why, why did we consider it? And of course, we've, we've explained it maybe long ago, but now being here, again, very top-notch, you know, after being there for a month and a half, top-notch professors, you get a sense of these, these professors, you know, Dominican brothers um, teaching, there's, um, you know, there's a lay professor as well teaching. Everyone just, they're really solid, again, for it, they're all extremely faithful to the church these are all like people you can trust you know and they're very knowledgeable about this you can see that they they love what they teach and these are sort of teachers that i admire because they 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 know the things very well you know they they have this it's not like a superficial knowledge they when we talk about ethics or politics like these people like they've spent their lives thinking about these things and they know and they know their stuff especially as we're kind of diving into aristotle i think for me a good learning experience has been is to be patient with the learning process i think for i've learned a lot about myself too and i think you also have to be a little bit have a disciplined mind in that as you're learning aristotle as you're learning these um these sort of ancient fundamentals fun- fundamentals of you know because again angelicum is based on saint thomas aquinas you know on the summa his big work of course and all his other works but Again, he he learned and incorporated Aristotle into into a big chunk of the, the Summa Theologica, of course. And you have to be patient with it. There's lots of questions that will arise. You know, oh, what is a form? And it's I I found even for myself the best thing to do is, you know, if you have questions, ask the prof, but just do not expect to kind of grasp everything instantaneously. I've had to kind of discipline myself in that because I find I'm very much a person that just wants to know things right away. And I, I I don't think that's even the right approach to learning. I think it's take your time, absorb it, you know, and it, these things take time to kind of build up a, a solid foundation. And, and then maybe you can start thinking about, okay, what does Aristotle say here and stuff like that? Is it, is it, you know, you can maybe have some more serious discussion, but as a young new student into this, be patient. But the benefit is, as I always say, these are people you will like the answers and objections you may have about certain things. These profs will be able to help you to guide you. And I don't know, it's again, it's a very small, small community in each of your classes. I mean, the classes are maybe no more than depending on the classes, but average 20. You know, this is, you know, back when I was in engineering, it'd be 130 people crammed into a room. You have no interaction with anyone really, aside from a few peers. But um, the profs you never really get to see unless you hunt them down and find some time with them. More intimate, more focused. Everyone loves the faith here. Everyone is very intense about what they do. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Latin? Latin, yeah, Latin. I mean, so Latin is really the it's it's the one it's a, it's probably the most different from all the other courses in that it demands. 
my first time taking a language, it, it demands the, the the habitual practice every single day to actually sit down and do work. I mean, not that the other classes don't demand that because we're constantly reading. And so maybe just even to expand a little bit on like, what do I do in the background? Uh, I mean, first, you know, I think first year and maybe for now, they, they take you pretty lightly. As far as I'm concerned, none of my classes demand a paper even, all oral exams, um, which, but then the emphasis is heavily on you to be, to read, um, you know, works to build your, your solid understanding, ask questions. Latin is the one course where though you, you can't just, you know, what is Latin? You can't just think about what is Latin. You have to do Latin. You have to practice Latin if you want to learn the language, because once you stop practicing the language, you start forgetting the language. So it, it demands the, the most, I think for me, the habit of, Every day you got to sit down, do 30 minutes. The prof says you got to, you know, the father says you got to do 30 minutes every day. You'll get through it. Don't worry about it, but you have to do it. It's yeah. not one of those things where you, and he says, it's, this isn't the class where you can, you know, shove it all on the weekend and do four hours Latin. It doesn't work like that. You have mm-hmm. to do it every single day gradually. So that, that isn't, again, as a, at a pontifical university, like this is just an expectation. You can't just get rid of Latin. You have to do it. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'm, I'm glad to see that I have the capability to do it. I see myself learning it, grasping it. And again, I'm not, af- I've matured, I think over the years, I'm not afraid of work. Like, oh, this is, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've done some pretty hard tasks in my life, to, you know, difficult, you know, grueling work. To me, this is like, you just got to take it, chip it away at it and just persevere. You know, you'll get through it. Just, and that's, I think that's the, the father's uh, mantra as well. Just don't worry. It's not that big of a deal. Just do it every day and commit to that. So, I think overall, very good experience, um, you know, being patient. And I guess, and I'm glad I found that even someone I could just, and someone in the class who's also very interested in the material as well. So he's, he's, a, he's a lay student as well. Lay student as well. So, you know, that's helped to, to kind of balance ideas. We can always chat about things and figure things out and on our own time. And I feel like overall, just feel very blessed to be here and looking forward, of course, to, to moving along. So I'll update further in the future about uh, uh, of, of, of schooling as time goes on. Now listen to the melody Maybe it come from me And I can sing like Buddy Nelly I think it's plain to see Some people say that the great Just for the last half of this episode I want to just continue a theme that I brought up before for some reason, it's been on my mind and constantly kind of coming back time and time again and making me think. And even Geneviève will share an example of how, uh, again, just falling into that same trap. But this is, a, this is I'm referring to uh, judgment and doing, and as, as Aquinas here kind of mentions in his Summa Theologica in this particular article, whether it is unlawful to form a judgment from suspicions. For, I've been really mulling over this idea of all things whether what exactly is the point when one can say with certainty that this individual's actions are good evil like and, and I, I try to imagine like in the court of law i mean we do these things we have it you know and aquinas here isn't arguing that we can't do these things but there's a certain point where we need i guess certitude that the, and i guess the right character to be able to make judgments accordingly that are just, you know, justice is a big virtue. I've been, for some reason, it's been just coming, kind of coming back, like know this one well. 
And again, we mentioned the reason maybe why this one, I've just been definitely mulling over this whole, you know, quote-unquote idol incident at the Vatican. And you just read it like that it seems for the most part in few few individuals' minds, this is a certainty. And I kind of sit back on, on myself and I'm my mull over this. It's I, I look at the evidence, and we've both done this. We sat together, we looked through all these things, and it's... Certain, it's it becomes really murky because at a certain point, it's what the original accusation started starts off as has escalates to a, a certain point where they're, we're no longer judging the individual based on what the original accusation is, but it becomes something else entirely. It's right. no longer why did let's say the Vatican allow this idol worship to happen in the Vatican Gardens, but now it's a question of okay, is Pope Francis a heretic? No, it's not, is he a heretic? Well, is it, well, it, he's a heretic. Well, and again, it's, I'm very annoying like this. I, I'm not annoying in that it's just, I need, there's a lot of questions here that are just left unanswered. And for me, it's just like, I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. And we, I, I advocate to that to anyone. And this is why we kind of looked at it. Like, let's look at the details, the facts, and come to these same things. But I've just noticed this, it's this, I don't know, imprudent pattern of going from hop, 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 and then we're at this place where it becomes not even what we originally were looking at. It's, so, Viva, Viva. It's interesting na, you na, say na, that, Joe. It's na, interesting you would say and, that. And, and, but we're human, so Viva will tie in what that means. We're human. So, I think it's easy to look at it from uh, an outside perspective, but when you're in it, I think it's it's harder than, than, than it looks. And the reason I say this is because lately we've been having conversations back and forth how to deal with Teresa because she's very sneaky and I tend to be a bit too merciful with her. I always defend her. But a few times it happened where she, you know, we heard Monica crying and I saw exactly what happened. And then I guess you assume that she did something wrong and instantly jumped to that conclusion when I actually saw and nothing happened. Monica just stumbled Correct. or... Correct. And it's a natural reaction you especially you being a choleric you like to react quickly you want justice to be done and you don't like when little ones are being led astray slash bullied you know so you defend monica and you just want to punish the person who's perpetrating these actions i think it's just on the more grander scale i guess i guess yeah the the emphasis here you're just we, we, we do it. I mean, as much as this ideal of doing things justly and not based on suspicion, just as, as my loving wife is, always reminds me, which is very good. <laughs> I mean, even in the most smallest thing, I can still do it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is a very small thing. And you're right. I, I, didn't, I didn't even have the one fact, the one fact that mattered. Yes. is that, that the fact that you saw it happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't. It was. I just needed that one piece of information, and I wouldn't be able to form the correct judgment. And like you're saying, I would. I should have acted appropriately, but whatever reason. And again, I love. I love. I recommend you read this. This article. It's found in the Summa. It's. This is just so good. Uh, like how easy it is. And I think you're right. You. You make a good point too. It could be very much temperamental because I'm a a quick reacting person. I react very quickly yes. to, to stimulus, to whatever happens around me, to at, at a times at a detriment. But even I'm just, I'm amazed at how frail we are at these, these very basic things. And then, I, and then to escalate to further things more, you know, is, is the Pope a heretic? This is a very big claim. Now, 
What I'm saying is that these things can't be known. Had I asked my wife the more details, I would have came to the, the certainty of that knowledge and there wouldn't have been an issue. I had to ask and investigate further. Same thing with these actions too. I'm not saying, well, okay, nothing can be known. We can't know. Things can be known, but they require you to, you know, to continue to look further, to, you know, ascertain. And even then at a certain point, not all things can be known because, you know, we, we can see it maybe in the court of law. Someone might, ref- like, even though the evidence might point to the fact that you did this murder, um, and like, well, and again, if it's, um, what's it called? Um, circumstantial. Oh, beyond reasonable doubt too. Right. Oh, yeah, but, but like, if it's even if all the circumstantial circumstan- yeah. evidence is pointing to it, you cannot convict someone based on that. Just based on, it has to either be, there's some certain knowledge of an eyewitness or something that's credible or the person confesses. And yeah, no, it's, I'm, it's, it's been on my mind and just something that I've just, at least, you know, just even that experience, how easy it is for me to, for these, like such, such matters as big as these. And there is, there are reper- repercussions to you when you make those judgments, right? It's not, you can't, you can't just say anything that you want. No, there's, there's some sins involved. There's some scandal that's involved. It, you can't this take is, it lightly. No, right. This, this begins to perpetrate to, to very large scales, right? Scandal. Leading little ones astray, right? Which our Lord advises not to. It's just when you make these things, make sure it's very coherent, you know, very sound. And, you know, it's it's based on facts that can be verified. And, you know, you aren't. Because I do find a lot of times a lot of people don't necessarily read into these things further and they just leave at the face. So some people may be at a detriment because of that, right? Again, they may react sharply to it. They don't, you know, do the due diligence required. So, I mean, just to kind of wrap up a little bit, I'll, I really just want to share some points from from this. It's just, it's very moving. And when, when Aquinas kind of talks about these things. So, suspicion denotes evil thinking based on slight indications. And this is due to three causes. So, he lists three causes. And I'll kind of, you know, do it um, just very abbreviated. First, from a man being evil in himself. And from this very fact, as though conscious of his own wickedness, he is prone to think evil of others. Second, This is due to a man being ill-disposed towards another. For when a man hates or despises another or is angry with or envious of him, he is led by slight indications to think evil of him because he easily believes what he desires. Hmm. I like that one. I can relate to that one, but on, you know, certain American speakers that I don't care for, everything they say... It's hilarious. And I have to call you and I'm like, dude, this person might be saying something actually good. I just dismiss them because I don't like how they say it. Yeah, that's that's a very good one. I'm culpable of that one. I think that's a very culpable, you know, for most of us. And then the third one is, um, he says, this is due to long experience. Um, Just old people are very suspicious for they have often experienced the faults of others. And then, and then this is kind of where he relates just to, you know, the idea of, of sin involved in how you do these. Now there are three degrees of suspicion. The first degree is when a man begins to doubt of another's goodness from slight indications. This is a venial and light sin. Uh, the second degree is when a man from slight indications esteems another man's wickedness as certain. This is a mortal sin. Oof. If it be about a grave matter, since it cannot be without contempt of one's neighbor. And the third degree is when judge goes as far as to condemn the man on suspicion. This pertains directly to injustice and consequently a moral sin. Oh, this is this is no light matter. It's a big deal. So, again, just to emphasize, not saying these things can't be known. They can be known. But just there, there's a weight on these things. And I think we can't just throw around judgment. And I guess when I see how these arguments are laid out, I'm not convinced. And I'm not convinced as if I kind of want to stay in sort of this ignorance, nor do you. 
But just like as my, my lovely wife called out, you know, I didn't know the full fact in one situation. I wasn't able to get a complete picture. And as a result, I made an improper judgment. It was so easy to do. Mm -hmm. So I admit my frailty in this. And I know that especially as these things escalate to, okay, if we're claiming, you know, idolatry or even heresy, like the deliberate heresy on, say, the Pope's part, whatever opinion you want to accept, whether you accept that's true or false, you make sure you are convinced of the, the gravity of that, the implication of that. And I suppose if you are certain of that, then, you know, I mean, it's a big deal. Make sure you make it well known because, I mean, if you have that certainty, then stand by that certainty. But until you do have it, just I say, be very cautious of how you do it. You can judge, but, you know, this is a this is a very light task. I, I still prefer mercy to assume the best, and that's what he kind of indicates later on. Assume the best, but that's for maybe another top. I want to finish off this episode with a shout out a fellow Buzzsprout user. Buzzsprout is our platform for our podcast. And he hosts the Cordial Catholic Podcast. He, th This guy, Keith Little, he has such a calm demeanor, calm tone. It's so easy to listen to him. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I And I... I know you were you were starting to listen. I kind of listen in the background, like, oh, this this it's very easy to follow. I love the way he kind of explains things. I think in some ways, I think both of us have like I kind of maybe talk faster. Used like he just he's just very good. He's chill. He's also he's, he's he's also a fellow Canadian. So maybe there's you know I think he's, that is the coolest part about it. He's from Kitchener, Ontario, which is our old stomping grounds. I know that place. I'm from that like that general area, right? right. So, so it's, it's really cool, really cool. So if you can go and listen to him, the cordial cordial Catholic. He's a he's a convert from uh, evangelical, I believe. Pro yes, Protestantism, and he is a blogger, speaker, and very knowledgeable go listen to him really really good podcast all right guys don't remember to please remember please don't please, <laughs> please remember to go check our patreon page patreon.com slash rome is home and, and write some reviews write reviews if you want if you like it if not it's all good we write still, reviews we, we still love you anyways we do spread the word spread the word god bless everyone have a great and blessed week bye bye yeah.